Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast, the incremental anti-diet solution for effective permanent weight loss. Primal Potential is committed to helping you overcome emotional eating, hormonal imbalances, unhealthy habits, and your dieting mindset through education and inspiration. We don't just talk about what you should eat and what you should avoid. We talk strategy. Primal Potential is bridging the gap between knowing and doing. Each episode will leave you with concrete tips for making positive changes that make a difference. Primal Potential is here to help you lose weight, get healthy, and master fat loss naturally. Hello and welcome back to another edition of what I am calling The Random Show. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton, and basically what we're going to do today is rapid fire answer a number of different listener questions to help you remove your roadblocks and reach your goals. So if you have questions, make sure to send them my way because I want to help you tear down everything in your way so you can reach your goals because you're worth it. And I posted something on social media the other day. It was a side-by-side picture. Um, The picture on the left being me when I was, gosh, over 300 pounds. And I wrote next to the picture, I don't know what got me thinking about it, but I wrote what I would say to my 300 plus pound self. And it was something to the effect of, it's not gonna be easy to change but it will be easier than the life you're living now, than the frustration you experience now, than the shame you experience now, than the isolation you experience now. So it's kind of like pick your heart, right? I mean, pick your struggle. Because for me, changing my habits, staying consistent, being motivated and forcing myself to find motivation every day, not just hoping I would wake up with it, but really finding it every day, that was a lot easier than dealing with regret and remorse and shame and embarrassment and disgust because I was truly disgusted with myself. I really was. And so, you know, the message I would give myself, my heavier self, my 300 pound plus self is, sure, it's not easy. It's not always comfortable, but it's easier and more comfortable than the life I was living then. So anyway, before we dive into the questions I want to answer on this episode of The Random Show, I want to share with you something that keeps coming up in email from you guys. And it's not a question exactly, but it is important because I'm seeing a very common thread, and that is fear of failure and uncertainty, okay? And I understand the fear. I was afraid to step out of my comfort zone and change my habits because while I hated where I was and the life I was living, it was very familiar. It was comfortable. As uncomfortable as it was, the familiarity was comfortable and change was scary. And on top of that, I think I was a little afraid to believe I could do it, to really claim that for myself. Like, yes, I can change. I can do this because 
I didn't want to be embarrassed or disappointed. And even then, I was a high achiever and a perfectionist. And I never want to say, yes, I am going to do this and then disappoint myself because I hate to lose. So I understand that. But here's the reality. And this is major. This might be something that you want to write down and really take some time to think about. The reason that you have fear is because you are mentally or physically taking on too much, okay? Too much of the process, too much of the journey. You're mentally setting yourself up to take on a bigger piece of the puzzle than you really need to right now. You're looking at the full journey. You're looking a year ahead or six months ahead or two years ahead, or honestly, you're looking a week ahead and it's too much. Stop. The reason you experience fear and uncertainty is because you are looking out too far ahead. You are taking on too much of this. If we walked outside and I picked the biggest tree, like seven or eight feet in diameter, and said, hey, can you chop this down? You might be like, "Uh, I'm not really sure. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe not. But if instead I said, hey, here's this tree. Here's an axe. Can you take one swing? You'd be like, well, I mean, yeah, I, I can I can take a swing. And then a few hours later, I was like, hey, here's this tree and here's this axe. Can you take a swing? You'd be like, yeah, sure. And if I did that every few hours, every single day over a course of a month, you'd have taken several hundred swings with the axe at the tree. The tree would come down. Initially looking at it, you're like, uh, I'm not so sure. I might get too tired. I've got other things going on. I don't have a whole lot of time to stand out here and work at this. You're taking on too much. You don't have to do it that way. It's scary to consider the entire journey ahead. Of course it is. I get that. But here's the thing. You are not tasked with doing next week's work right now. You are not tasked with taking on the whole journey right now. So stop letting that mental construct get in your way. Break it down. I will make a good choice at my next meal, period. I can do that. No big deal. It's one meal. I can make a good choice, right? And then do it again. And then do it again. Or I'll be in bed by 10 o'clock tonight. That's just something I'm going to commit to doing. I'm going to do it. Now, it doesn't mean that you never make a bad choice, just like it means if you pick up that axe, you might miss a swing or two. Who cares? Stop obstructing yourself and limiting your progress by assuming or acting or fearing that you need to do all the things and you need to have it all figured out right now because you don't. You don't. Break it down and keep it simple. Pick one thing. One thing you can do right now today and then do it. And then later on, what's one thing I can do to move in that direction? What is one way that I can take a swing with the axe at the tree? What's just one thing I can do? Over time, those little swings make a huge, huge difference. So question your fear. What are you focusing on? What are you considering? How you'll navigate vacations or the length of the journey or what you might do about loose skin 100 pounds from now? That right there is why you have fear and reservations. That right there has nothing to do with what you can do right now in this minute. So stop it. Stop it. The reason you have fear or anxiety or trepidation is because you're taking on more than needs to be done right now. You just need to take one swing. Do one thing. 
All right, let's get into the questions. This question comes from Kim, and she says, Elizabeth, I'm having a hard time logging my food and my hormonal biofeedback, the hunger, cravings, mood, quality of sleep, energy on a daily basis. She says, I tried using a small notebook, but I found that I just wasn't following through. Wondering if you had any recommendations of good apps I could use on my phone. I hear you there, Kim. And the problem with a small notebook is that you have to have it on you all the time. And, you know, what if you're at work and you left it in your car and then you forgot later or you didn't bring it into the house. I totally hear you. On the flip side, the problem with most apps is that they're really just tracking food and activity and they don't have an easy way to get the really, really important stuff that is how your hormones are signaling you when your energy is really high, when your energy is really low, when you have an extreme craving, when you haven't gotten any sleep. So I use Google Docs, okay? And that's what I have all of my coaching clients use too. The thing that I love about it, a couple of things actually, it's a blank document. So I set up for my clients a simple template, what their focus is for the day, what that one thing is that they're gonna do, their food, and then I have them in whatever way it's most convenient for them, make note of any significant things with their hormonal biofeedback. So it's not like you constantly have to rank your hunger throughout the day, but if they notice they're exceptionally hungry at 3 p.m., they write that down. If they notice a really strong craving at 7 p.m., they write that down. The other thing I love about Google Docs is that you can have one document you work off of that you can access from your phone or your computer and it's always updated. So if I update it on my computer and then later access it from my phone, everything I put into the computer earlier is there on my phone. So I love that. Another great thing about it is that you can upload pictures. So if you're away from technology or traveling for a weekend, you don't have good cell service, you can just write it down on a post-it note, take a picture of the post-it note, and then when you get back to your computer, just upload it into your Google Doc. So there's lots of good things. And the great thing about it that I find easier than an app is that, or the existing apps out there, is that it keeps... The, the record there for you. So I have my clients just post each new day above the previous day, like a Facebook feed or an Instagram feed. Then when they go back, they can see how far they've come. They can see how much progress they've made in changing their food choices. Or they can see, oh, geez, in this two-week period of time, I was seeing great progress and I was eating this way. And now my progress has slowed, but I can see the differences here. So it gives you that historical reference point in a very easy way that's a little bit harder to keep track of with a lot of the traditional apps. So that's that. Got another question in here related to hot flashes. It says, I noticed that whenever I have a not so good day with my eating, I usually pay for it the next morning and wake up with major hot flashes. That's super, super common. I used to have them all the time, but when I cleaned up my diet based on what I've learned from your podcasts, pretty much felt fantastic every day. Recently, I decided to celebrate a friend's birthday and had some pizza and a couple of cupcakes. I figure it can't hurt to do so every now and then, but sure enough, woke up the next morning with the hot flashes. Just wondering, what's the link between hot flashes and a not-so-good day of eating? I assume it's hormone-related. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely, positively, it is hormone-related. Hormones are tremendously influenced by what we eat. 
And our hormones are always signaling us, right? We talk about some of the real common signals like hunger, cravings, quality of sleep, mood, energy level, certainly hot flashes fall into that category of ways that our hormones are communicating with us. When we tune into the signals, we can immediately know what's in balance and what is not. And it's important to remember, especially as it relates to food and hot flashes, that our hormones are a network. They all influence each other. They communicate with each other. When we push on one, it pulls on the other. They are totally interconnected. And sugar creates major problems for many women in and around menopause, and honestly, for most people, if you're paying attention to the signals of your body, but sugar influences insulin. Insulin pulls on all of our other hormones, our thyroid hormones, adrenal hormones, your sex hormones like estrogen and progesterone. And because of natural changes with estrogen and progesterone during menopause in and around that time, you are far more sensitive to two things during and after menopause, stress and sugar. Think about it. Stress and sugar are the primary influencers of cortisol and insulin, two of the major players in the fat loss and hormone game. I had a client recently who was really struggling with hot flashes, trouble focusing, and low energy. And she knew the nutritional principles for hormone balance and fat loss, like the golden rules of carbs and fat loss, fat and fiber, things like that. But she wasn't consistently implementing them. Fortunately, she felt so awful with her hot flashes and her trouble focusing, that it was worth it to her to be more disciplined with the golden rules of carbs and fat loss, with emphasizing fat and fiber. Within two days, she felt dramatically better. Within a week, her symptoms were pretty much gone. So menopause doesn't change the rules of the fat loss game. It just makes you much more sensitive to those hormonal interplays with what you eat and your lifestyle, things like stress. So it makes the rules of the game much more important. It's not that you can't have sugar. You're going to be more sensitive to it, and you really need to follow those golden rules so that you can manage your blood sugar and insulin because they are the lead horse of hormone balance. So I'm going to link to the golden rules of carbs and fat loss in the show notes for this episode, and also there is a very detailed hormone ebook that I will link to in the show notes, but it's also up under the Work With Me tab on Primal Potential, but it goes through hormone by hormone how food influences that hormone, how you can balance and optimize that hormone, what it feels like when things are going well, what it feels like when things are out of balance. So definitely check that out. It's got lots of strategies and lots of information. All right, next question. We're rolling right through here. I just finished, uh, this comes from somebody who's in one of my e-courses, and she said, I just finished Hack My Habits, which is one of the lessons in there. And she says, one of my biggest anchors, or what is really weighing her down and holding her back, is nighttime snacking. After I put my kids to bed, I start searching for something to eat, and then I've eaten a whole box of cereal. What would be the best way to hack this habit? Modify it or change it? I need some support to attack this anchor and finally let it go. First and foremost, 
What you focus on, you feel. So if you focus on the fact that this is a trouble spot, if you focus on the fact that you don't have control at this time of day, that you tend to overdo it, you are programming your subconscious. You are making that behavior more likely to continue. So the first thing to do is to really acknowledge that part of the problem is your perception of your behaviors at this time of day. You believe that this is a problem for you. You believe that this is a time of day where you don't really have any control. And so that in and of itself reinforces the behavior. So the first thing that I recommend is to create an affirmation about this time of day and about your behavior at this time of day. Not to say, this is a problem for me. I tend to lose control. I overdo the snacking at this time of day. Instead, create an affirmation, words and phrases that really resonate with you. I can't give them to you because they have to feel really native to you, but that reinforces the behavior you want to have at this time of day. Like, I love the way I'm able to unwind and relax after I put the kids to bed and enjoy things that are really meaningful to me. You know, and the more that you tell yourself, that's my time of day to enjoy something really special. The other thing is really question, are you hungry at this time? If so, you might want to make some changes to your dinner, adding some fiber or adding some fat to help it be more satisfying. So if you're hungry, you're not dealing with that. Or if it's a habitual thing where you really want an indulgence and so you're programmed to seek something sweet, plan something special and mindfully enjoy it. For example, if you're a chocolate lover, plan to allow yourself a little square of dark chocolate every night after the kids go to bed. Here's the thing, though. Most of us would enjoy that while watching TV or surfing the internet or talking on the phone. And then, though you physically might be satisfied, emotionally, because you weren't really present, you weren't really paying attention, you didn't get that psychological, emotional satisfaction out of it. So if you do this strategy, if you know, I really look forward to this one thing, maybe it's a glass of wine, maybe it's a piece of dark chocolate, whatever it is, make sure that your focus is on that thing while you enjoy it so that you get not only the physical satisfaction, savor every single bite, but mentally you're really present. You're not distracted. How many times have we eaten something and then been like, oh, it's gone already? I feel like I missed, like I missed, I missed, I missed it. Many times, so make sure that you aren't arguing with your spouse or watching TV or browsing the internet, be really focused, savor every single bite and be present for it. So if it's just this habitual thing where you want to treat and that's something that's very important to you, there is a way to do that and stay within your goals. Know that this is your limit. You're going to have this one glass of wine and you're really going to enjoy it or you're going to sit there with your square of dark chocolate and you're going to savor it. So those are some things. The other thing to consider is that sleep and being well-rested helps to improve your food choices. So maybe one thing you can try is to go to bed earlier. Having the kids down might be an opportunity for you to start a, a more luxurious process of unwinding and getting to bed even 30 minutes earlier because being well-rested improves your motivation, improves your focus, and all of that helps you make better choices. So if you're really struggling in that evening time, one thing that I do if I start to get the munchies and it's late, like, okay, time to go to bed. Just go to bed. The other thing is to build in that pause. Don't just go from instinct to reaction. Like, 
ooh, cereal box is on the counter. All of a sudden, my hand is in my mouth and I'm like shoving handfuls of Cheerios into my face. Build in the pause like, oh, okay, what do I really want here? What's going on? Am I bored? Am I actually hungry? Do Cheerios even really taste that good? Is it worth it? Like, am I eating the kids animal crackers that aren't even that delicious just because they're here? So work to pause. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect out of the gate, but be a real student of your behavior. Ask yourself what you really want. Ask yourself if you're doing what if you're really doing something you want. And another question that can be helpful is how am I going to feel about this in an hour? If I dig into this box of cereal because it's here, because I'm stressed, because I'm tired, am I going to feel good about that in an hour? Or am I going to feel kind of crappy about that in an hour? So kind of question the downstream effect of whatever your choice is. Lots of different options there for how to handle it, but hopefully you can find something that really resonates for you. Don't try and do all the things at once. Pick one strategy, practice it, see if it works for you. All right, we got another question in here that's basically, I can't sleep. (laughs) I'm trying to get more sleep, but I'm having trouble falling asleep and staying asleep. What should I do? All right, so you know in the past we've talked a lot about hormones and how some hormones work like a seesaw. Insulin and glucagon is an example, right? When insulin is high, glucagon can't be and vice versa. And there's another hormonal pair that works just like this that has a lot to do with sleep. And it's the cortisol melatonin seesaw. Cortisol is a stress hormone. Melatonin is a relaxation hormone. So it makes sense that they can't both be high or both be low at the same time. They're like a seesaw. Cortisol is naturally lower at night, which allows you to fall asleep, and higher in the morning to help you wake up. Melatonin is the opposite. Melatonin is naturally higher at night to help you relax and lower in the morning so that you can wake up and get moving and be ready to go. Cortisol is a stress hormone. That is something we want to make sure we are not elevating at night because when we do so, we suppress melatonin. So you might think, oh, well, I'm so exhausted, so no matter what happens at night, I'll fall right asleep. No, if you are elevating that stress hormone late in the day, you can't help but suppress melatonin, the relaxation and sleep hormone that helps you get into and stay in those deeper phases of sleep because they're a seesaw. As soon as you start to push cortisol up, it forces melatonin down. There are a few ways that we elevate cortisol commonly in the evening, And that naturally and automatically suppresses melatonin. If we are working on a project until late at night and we are stressed out because we've brought work home, if we are causing ourselves anxiety in the evening, we will suppress melatonin and have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep. Working out too late in the day. Now, if you work out in the 5 to 7 p.m. window, okay, no worries. But if you are doing a workout that is especially a steady state cardio, kind of the long duration, medium to high intensity, that has a very profound impact on cortisol that will suppress melatonin and can impair your ability to sleep. Another thing that elevates cortisol is eating. So if you are eating within an hour or two of bedtime, that can elevate your cortisol by as much as 20 or 30 percent, and that is going to suppress melatonin in kind. Another thing that a lot of people, and I did an entire episode, episode 16016 of the podcast, I'll link to it in the show notes, but 
One thing that a lot of people overlook, screws with so many of us, is blue light exposure. Exposure to blue light. Well, where does blue light come from? Your electronics, your iPads, your tablets, your computers, your cell phone. It emits a type of light known as blue light. Blue light is a major suppressor of melatonin. When you suppress melatonin, you raise cortisol. You have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep. So those of you who watch TV in bed or who are on your computer or your phone until bedtime, you might want to consider putting it up early. Now, if you cannot do that, there are some options, and I talk about them in the sleep episode. So episode 16 goes into specific strategies for how to reduce blue light exposure, even if you can't put your electronics away before bed. I'm not going to go into them here, but absolutely positively check out episode 16 of the podcast. All right, the last question we are going to tackle on this episode is from Sarah. And she is struggling not making good choices in the moment. She knows what to do. She wants to do it. But in the moment when faced with good choice, bad choice, she finds herself choosing the not so good choice. And I talked about this a few minutes ago when we were talking about the nighttime snacking. But there are a few questions that I find to be really helpful to ask in these moments when you are faced with a choice between something that's going to help you reach your goals and something that's not going to help you reach your goals. One of them I just mentioned, and that is, how will this make me feel in an hour? The example I often give is with working out, right? Do I go to the gym or do I not go to the gym? How will both choices make me feel in an hour? Well, if I skip it, I might be kind of beating myself up for not doing what I said I was going to do. If I go in an hour, I'm probably going to feel pretty glad I did because I'm going to have that endorphin release from the workout and I'm going to have followed through on a promise to myself. So if I make the decision based on what's going to make me feel best in an hour, I'm going to go work out. Same thing with food. Right. I could eat this dinner that I had planned or I could pick up pizza on the way home. How am I going to feel an hour afterwards? If I have the pizza, I might be beating myself up a little bit, kicking myself for not making a better choice. But if I do the dinner I planned, an hour later, I'll probably be feeling pretty proud of myself, pretty glad that I respected my body and did the right thing to help me move towards my goals. Another kind of derivation of that question is, if I keep making this decision repeatedly, How am I going to feel in a week? So if I decide pizza for dinner repeatedly over this next week, what does that look like for me a week from now? Probably going to feel pretty bloated, probably going to feel kind of lethargic and tired and not feeling really good about getting dressed for work in the morning. But if I stick to my plan and I prepare the meals that I had scheduled or I eat really clean and I pick foods that make me feel amazing, a week from now I'm probably going to be seeing progress and I'm going to feel very encouraged and proud of myself. Another question that I would encourage you to ask yourself if you're in this situation like Sarah, where in the moment you find yourself having a hard time making good choices, is five years from now, if I keep doing what I'm about to do right now, what does my life look like five years from now? What does my body look like? What does my health look like? What does my job look like? What does my marriage look like? Because we tend to think that one decision doesn't really move the needle, doesn't really make an impact. But every decision is forming a path through our mind of habit, 
forming a groove, forming a channel, just like one stream of water over a rock doesn't make a difference. But when that stream flows over the rock in the same place over and over and over again, you've got a channel, right? And the same channels are being formed in our mind. So whether you make a good decision and you start to form that groove of habit of things that keep you healthy and move you towards your goals versus the groove, the channel towards being unhealthy and being sick and having low energy, every choice you make is forming one of those channels. So five years from now, if you keep doing whatever it is that you are going to do, what does your life look like? Those are just a couple of questions to ask yourself to help in the moment. All right, I love answering your questions. I like it when we take a full episode to dive deep into a question, but I love doing kind of shorter, a more variety of questions and answers. So if you have questions, head over to primalpotential.com. You know the drill. Get on the VIP list right on the homepage. Pop in your name and email. I tend to share my thoughts, motivations, recipes, workouts, but... It's also the easiest way for you to get right into my inbox with your ideas, your questions, and your suggestions because that's what this show is all about. All right, the What I Ate Yesterday segment of the show. Real quick, just to share with you guys what I ate yesterday. Before my workout, I had one cup of black coffee and then one cup of bulletproof coffee. And I will link to a full episode I did on bulletproof coffee in the show notes. But uh, that's what I had before my workout, had some black coffee after that as well. Lunch, I had some leftover roasted chicken thighs with mashed cauliflower. It was just leftovers sitting in the fridge and I ate it cold because I was working and I felt like it. And then for dinner, I had some fresh heirloom tomatoes with burrata and extra virgin olive oil, balsamic vinegar, and salt and pepper. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward, and honestly, you'll see that's kind of the way I roll most of the time. So hope you found some uh, pearls of wisdom in this episode with lots of different topics covered. Looking forward to catching up. The next episode is going to be a great one. I'm really excited about it. I think you're going to enjoy it, so don't miss it. And if you have questions, shoot them to me. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.